CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Another Sunday and another Nebraska loss. I am Mike Schaefer, and this is the Husker 24-7 Sunday side session. And this week, our guest, Nebraska, former Nebraska linebacker, not current Nebraska linebacker. You can't hold anything against him right now. Corey McEwen. What's up, Shafe? Corey, how are we doing? I don't know. I think I have like one, maybe two series left in me. As long as you're going to come visit me at the hospital, buddy, afterwards, I, I yeah. can try and go out and play a few more downs. I don't know if it'd be good or bad, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Can you, uh, do you think you can hold up in coverage against Georgia Southern? Cause that seemed to be an issue for about everybody last night. One or two legs. <laughs> I feel like maybe one, I, I understand. I couldn't even understand. I am. I'm still baffled. Like before we started this, I was already ready to just cry and complain to you, but I, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I you've got to think that we have the athletes, but we just don't. Huh. It's, well, it's hard to watch. We will uh, we'll try to provide some level of therapy for those that are listening or watching in and uh, see if we can tackle some of the <laughs> – we're going to provide therapy for Corey. We'll try to tackle some of the questions and, you know, what happened in the game, what happens next, all of that. And I, I feel like I have to start here because walking walking back into the stadium uh, before the game started, I kind of just had this bad feeling. I don't know why. Um, I joked that it was because I saw that Georgia Southern had brought their live eagle mascot to the game. <laughs> oh, and that yeah. just seems, you know, that seems like a level of badass, much more <laughs> than their inflatable eagle that was dancing on the sidelines. So I it, I thought it was going to be like one of those Nebraska night games against Fresno State where it's uncomfortable for way too long, but the Huskers end up pulling it out. And really, you know, by the first the end of the first quarter, my mind immediately and and you know somewhat uh, unfortunately for those who who want to repress these memories and unfortunately they're some of your strongest. It, it went immediately to Ball State. A game that, oh, yeah. you know, Nebraska was fortunate to get out with a win in 2007, a MAC team that came in and had no fear of Memorial Stadium or, or Nebraska or any of it. And they came to play that day. And I think Clay Helton's Georgia Southern Eagles last night, they came to play. They like they yeah. at no point did they seem like a team that weren't confident. I mean, it, it just it felt like they were going to uh, to make plays. I mean, I don't think Kyle Van Treese is a future NFL quarterback. 
but he made some throws last. He may be now. I mean, <laughs> if you play Nebraska every week. He may be. The the running joke is that Nebraska ends up more on the uh, the highlights and NFL draft coverage than they do the name selection <laughs> drafter. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I mean, he he had some great throws last night. Their wide receivers went out and made plays. I mean, even on that last drive, you had that twenty seven yard throw down the sideline where he throws it out there, and the guy just lays out and makes a haul and catch along the along the side. I mean, they they showed up and they made plays and. You could just tell they weren't at any point going to go away. And it was going to require Nebraska to rise up and and defeat them. And they got a few stops, but it just felt like it never worked quite in sync. They couldn't get to a 10-point lead. Um, you know, they they led only a couple times in the evening. And I, I don't know about you, Corey, and, and you said you were at a wedding last night. But when, when Nebraska's in that final drive on defense, I mean, what was your confidence level they were going to be able to get off the field? They got to a fourth down. But I, I, I'm curious, going into that, did you think they could get a stop at that point? I didn't. I mean, once you get on your heels, it's over. And I felt it on a defense. And, you know, fortunately for the defenses I played on, when I was feeling it, it was against top 10 ranked teams. Like you said, Ball State, you mentioned it. That was a great I, – I do this write-up from the Brassica Greats Foundation, you know, and I put a gambling twist on it before every game. <laughs> and all I said this week was, I don't care what the score is. I'm fine with you winning by 14 in a game where you don't flash. You're very consistent. You're in your base defense. Yeah, give up yards. Don't give up too many points. Get out of the W and look forward to the next game. For anyone that thinks in any type of sports type situation, when you're sitting there and you've got a small time team and you're looking ahead to next week to one of your greatest rivals and one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football in Oklahoma, we did it all the time, but we also had the discipline to kind of get it done. That Ball State one was a little scary. They ended up being a little bit better than we thought they were, but we were able to get that W, and we probably didn't deserve that W. Looking forward to the next week, but this day and age, you saw what happened in college football yesterday. I knew, I I didn't even know if it was the Jamesons if I was reading the scores right, bud. I, I didn't know, and I'm sitting there thinking – Maybe we're not the only ones, but it feels like we have been the only one yeah. for the last five years or so. If you could add up that timeline of that staff. But I really felt at the, at the end of that game, if we would have just come out of that game with a win and competed next week, I would have had no problem with that game. You know, I know what the player's mentality is. Let's get out of here safe. Let's get Let's get going. And then let's win next week. But we didn't win. So there is no next week. So it's irrelevant now. And the biggest mo just motivation that you could take in games like that, and the, what I looked at it as, Bo Rude, Steve Octavian, my fellow linebacker, Stu Bradley, we always go, hey, baby, this is a stack game. We're going to give our all. We're going to look great on film. We're going to grade out well. I'm going to come out of that baby with 15 tackles, and I may be getting player of the week because that's what you want to do against teams like that. You want to pat your stats. It just feels like we don't have any kind of – motivation or mentality anywhere near anything like that so they're coming out they're just like oh man night game they're still gonna wake us up at 7 a.m i gotta get treatment twice it's gonna be a long day man those games i always look forward to get me get me out there against weaker teams so i can so i can hit so i can have some fun maybe get out in the halfway through the third quarter kick my feet up look at the coets you know it just not that Nothing on that mentality on the Nebraska side made sense to me yesterday. And I did go back and rewatch it this morning because I knew we were chatting. And I 
it was hard to stomach. I mean, I couldn't, it was hard to watch. Yeah. And, and I was sober this time. I, I, I'm curious. So, I mean, obviously you, you played a lot of football in your life. You were at Nebraska, you played in big games, you played in small games, you played with great teams and you played with teams that, that felt like they left something out there and, and could have gotten more from it. How much when you're a defensive player is just confidence in not just what you can do, but the other guys around you, because it does not feel like this group at any point, whether it was Northwestern, whether it was North Dakota, now Georgia Southern, like it just, it does not feel like there's a lot of confidence when they're on the defensive side of the ball. Instead, it kind of feels like, well, if we can just kind of survive, we'll get the ball back and then we'll get a break until we got to do it again. And it just, I don't know. I mean, it, it reminds me in some ways of kind of the struggles they've had at times where it just feels like guys are looking around waiting for someone else to make a play. Yeah. And if, I mean, you know, this in your golf game, buddy, if you're not <laughs> confident, it ain't happening. It's a same. Uh, I mean, I'm never here. confident. And that might explain the triple digit scores, but that's right. Hey, got a point. It's good for the handicap, but you know yeah. what? You're, you're hundred percent right. If it starts with knowledge and the game plan, because if you know if you're at least in the right spot for the game plan, if you can sit there and look at your game plan defensively and say, this makes sense. I see how this could stop a defense. But if you sit there and go, this doesn't make any sense. I don't see how this could stop a defense. You're you're done from the get-go. And as a, as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive coach, you kind of want to have one of two players. You want to have a super cerebral, smart player, or you want them dumb as rocks. Because then they'll at least line up in the right spot. They'll do the right thing. And they just one track mine. But it seems like on our defense, it, no everyone's going like this and looking around. And when that's the case, it means they don't know the answer. When we were losing in our coverage, we had a lot of smart players on our defense when I was playing. Courtney Grigsby, super smart. Bo Rude, super smart. Jay Moore, Adam Carricker. These guys knew the game plan. They could play D-line, middle linebacker, safety. They could do it all. But you get one guy in there that doesn't know what they're doing, and you're done. You saw it against Northwestern in the opener in Dublin. That broken coverage where the guy streaked untouched, yep. boom, right into his hands. Those are mental errors. Mental errors are unacceptable in college football. And the good coaches and the bad coaches now can even exploit that right out the gate. So you're not lined up right. You've got the wrong coverage. You're, you're rolling the wrong play. Boom, it's a touchdown. There's no, oh, whew, thank goodness, it's only a three-yard gain. That's six points now. And you see it happen to us. We do it to teams, too. I mean, with a, with our offense, we, we, we've we got a lot of motion, a lot of moving parts, and a quarterback that's really playing at a high level. So you, we exploit people doing that. You saw it up and down the field yesterday. But when you give it up, it, it, there's no matter how good your offense is if your defense doesn't stop anybody. You, you keep bringing up Ball State and – for Ball State, I mean, they came out and they had a good quarterback. He was tough. We, we didn't treat him with the right respect out the gate. Um, looking forward to USC, I think, was the next week. I feel like this is what happened to our team, but you can't take this as a one-off situation because it's happened for the last five years. Yeah. And you look at it and you're confused because you're looking at some of our talents. I went to practice and I sat there and I go, man, I, I'm really impressed by Grimes. I was impressed by Manny, and I was impressed by Ramir Johnson. Have you seen any of those guys play? Manny was in yesterday play. a little bit, yeah. I mean, I Palmer, I've been very pleasantly surprised with, but I don't know. I don't – it doesn't make any sense to me. 
it doesn't feel like one way or the other. It just feels like 100% cloudy and confusion. And that's, you can't win football games. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, I mean, obviously last year they had their super senior defense. You had guys like Ben Stilley and Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, Jojo Doman. They're all able to play another year Studs. Uh, because of that, the, the COVID situation. So you had to replace a fair amount of just reps and leadership. But at least from my untrained eyes, the lack of those two safeties feels like it has trickled down throughout the entire defense. The front seven is struggling in, in a variety of, of ways and reasons, but the communication doesn't seem like it's as strong because so often you watch after a play, after a completion. And it's like you said, I mean, these guys are sort of like pointing and, and it's like they don't know on each given play who has what and whose job is to be where. And it just feels like it's a recipe for disaster. And, and it struck last night. The first recipe to disaster is the 3-4. You run the three four if you're Bill Belichick. You you run the three four if you've got a massive amount of talent at your ends and a massive amount of talent at your safeties. Because then with your safeties, you could bring down a strong safety in the box, stop the run immediately, and then if that safety has the ability to play the, the cover three, come down the cover three, be able to maneuver around in different coverages, your defense completely changes. There is nothing in my mind that makes me think our ends and I and I'm not I'm just not piling on them. But there is nothing in my mind that thinks that they should be a two way player. And what I mean by that is rushing the passer and then being able to play the run and drop back. Caleb Tanner has no business rushing a quarterback on an offensive tackle. Nelson's a stud. Let him put his hand in the ground and be a monster. I I'm really a, a believer in this is your job. You do it. Do it well. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. That's his job. He's going to do his job and do it well. But we're getting in situations where we're seeing these guys all over the field, and I'm sitting there going, is that where that guy should be? You know, I, I don't think that's the answer for the talent that we have. And, you know, Cosgrove, for all the – all the sh- can we cuss on this, buddy? I don't even know. Can we uh, oh, for all the crap that he got, right, yeah. he, had, he knew the ability to say – we have a really good defensive line and we could play the under front because we had Jay Moore, we had Carriker, we had Ola, we had a bunch of good players with their hands in the dirt. And then he says, well, we've got decent linebackers too. So that, that'll free these guys up to go make plays. And that's where we were successful. And then we had a strong safety in the Bullocks and that could play really good football. But he also had the frame of mind to switch it to the over next year when our D line, my senior year, when our D line wasn't very strong. And we just didn't have that ability to cover up our linebackers anymore. So mm-hmm. you got to have kind of some self awareness, self game planning almost to sit there and go, is this defense right for the people we have, or are we just too far down it? It's this is my defense. I'm going to keep it. Put your players in the position to win the game. And do you feel like we've put our players in positions to win games this year? No, um, I don't. And, and they haven't for several years. I I am not like I, I gotta be careful because I'm no expert when it comes to scheming or anything like that. But People I, would I agree I, with you that they'd say that I'm not either. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you at least have the repetitions of someone who's played at the college level. So and the the baseline understanding of what's supposed to happen. I simply don't. I don't understand what you attempt to achieve by being as passive as Nebraska has been 
for the last two years. I I sort of get if you believe that you have to play a complementary level of football where you're trying to keep points relatively low. But at the same time, when all you do is give up field position, even if you stop a team, but they go and they drive, you know, eight plays, 45 yards, they have to punt, and your offense is now pinned inside the five-yard line, and they took three, four minutes off the clock. Like, it always feels to me the bend-don't-break mentality cheats you at the end of the game because you're either on the field a lot more Mm -hmm. um, or – it sort of creates this mindset that they got a first down. That's fine. They got a first down. That's fine. We'll stop them. We'll, you know, they're in the red zone. That's fine. They're not going to get a touchdown. It, like it, it always just feels like it moves the goalposts instead of the idea being, we got to get the hell off the field as quickly as we can. It becomes, well, you know, if it's five minutes and they end up having to kick a field goal and they miss, like we're fine. You know, it just, I, I don't know. And, I think once that mentality has seeped into Nebraska and it's been there for about three years, if you look at the takeaway numbers, you look at the havoc numbers, like they're just, they're out there. They're, mm-hmm. they're just not creating anything. It just, it feels like it seeps into your mentality where. Oh, all it's of like sudden, baseball. You got 12 hits and one yeah. run, you know, yeah, it's just, it's not a, it just doesn't feel like it's a long, t- a long, like long-term sustainable thing. I just don't know any successful defenses where the whole goal is like, yeah, get as many yards as you want, but you know, we'll try to keep you around 25, 26 points and we'll be fine. Dude, I'm wearing my favorite snapback, my back to back (laughs) national championship hat from the nineties. Cause I was, we were talking about them last night and the big thing, and we always look to the nineties and those teams that were some of the best college football teams this world has ever seen with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And the mentality of those teams versus now, and even my era, you know, we, we were a little bit more cutting edge. Callahan wanted to be creative and all that. The creativeness of Osborne and Charlie McBride was kill them, hurt them, <laughs> destroy them, make them never want to come back to Memorial Stadium again. And that's how they practiced. That was their mentality day in and day out. And now it just feels like, oh, if we said that to them. I'm going to get a fine. I'm going to get in trouble. The Big Ten is going to be calling me. The NCAA is going to be calling me. You know, those teams were as great as they were because it was a no mercy mentality. And frankly, we didn't have that. We had this mentality of we have a deep playbook. We've got talent. Let's 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 mix it up and keep people off balance on offense. We're going to do the same thing. They didn't need that. They just had this grit and this just badassness to them where they just said, I don't care. If you're lining up against me, you are going to go down. And in no way, shape, or form have we seen that in a very long time. And I I, I look back to our era in the Callahan era, and everyone super disliked the Callahan era, you know, before times got worse, right? Right. Um, But Callahan kind of had that edge to him on the offensive side. Like, if, if I could run the ball and run the play, same play every single time and get six yards, I'm going to do it. And now there's just no patience. There's no, you have to have pizzazz. You have to line up, be better than the guy in front of you for four full quarters and that, and get back to what Nebraska football does. I'm jealous of those 90s teams. I'm going to be honest. With you. I, I look at them. I love watching their highlights. I love seeing those guys on the field because they just had a more of a grit and mentality that we don't see a lot. 
you see it in Nick Saban teams. You see it in, in, in Dabo in the Sweeney teams in Clemson. Do we have it? Did you watch Texas, Alabama? Was there yeah. any question in your mind that tech, that Alabama wasn't going to go down to win that game? No. No. And that's – you sit there and then they – Georgia Southern gets the ball against us and you go, oh, man, <laughs> should I start walking out now? <laughs> you know, I, right. You don't want to have that mentality about your football team, and, and it's all here. It's all here. You know, if I – be, I was mediocre to a little bit above average as a football player, and it, it was all because I had here. I wasn't super fast. I wasn't super strong, but I liked going out and playing football. I liked getting the chance to smoke someone, preferably when they weren't looking. But, you know, that, those are the biggest hits. But that was – it was fun for me. I, I enjoyed it. I wanted it. I wanted more of it. And now it just feels like, get me off the field. This is the offense's problem is what I'm seeing. And you don't want that. At the end of the game, I want to be the guy stopping. I want to be the guy making the big play. And those guys are looking to the guys next to him going, hey, are you going to step up? No, you step up. I don't see any of that. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Um, Let's... Let's shift a little bit in the three games, obviously this season, all dramatically different stories, um, all sort of pointing to the same kind of thing, but what, who has impressed you so far this year? I mean, like, obviously there's still nine more games to be played. Nebraska, these games are going to happen, whether fans are excited about them, whether Scott Frost is coaching them. And the thing is, and you get this, these nine games matter. Whether you're a freshman, whether you're a senior, it could be your last nine games. It could be your first start. It, you know, it, we often want to take a season and throw it away because it may not matter to the fans or the media might think, well, this isn't going to go anywhere. But to the people playing on the team, there's an opportunity every week to do something you've never done before or to be part of something you've never been part of before. So I, I don't want to get into the mentality of everything's over and all of that. But when you've watched this team so far, who's stood out for you in a positive way? And I'm sure there's probably not a ton, but I do want to, you know, reflect on those guys who have played well. I mean, number one is is Palmer. I mean, he has just been dynamic. You know, it, it, I feel like we're Kentucky basketball. So I'm like, is this guy even going to stick around next year because yeah. he's playing so well? Um, Thompson, I mean, I, I've been super impressed uh, with our quarterback play in general. It just feels like there is a, a level of experience there that you didn't even see with a three, four year guy like Martinez, who's mowing down at Kansas state right now. Um, Trey Palmer, just unbelievable athlete. Always seems to run the right route, be in the right place, make the big play, need more like him. Um, defensively. I really haven't seen much. Right. You know, I, I, I was telling uh, Jim Rose that 
the kid, 15-year-old kid behind me goes, man, I think we'd be a lot better if we had a pass rush. And I turn around and I go, hey, can you yell that to our D coordinator? Because <laughs> you know, our, our biggest threats are, it feels like they're dropping into coverage and we're not getting any pressure. You know, defensively, Reimer, I, he's, he's a go-hard. I, I really like the way he plays football. Very tough guy mentality. He wants to be involved in every place, hustling. Um, but we, we kind of expected that of him. You know, I really haven't seen anything jump out on the defensive side of the ball that that, that makes you excited. Um, offensively, I think we're, we're dynamic. I think we've got talent. I'll be honest with you. When I went and watched practice, I was excited. I was texting the boys. I'm like, hey, man, I these two guys look good. These guys look good. And I haven't even seen them. I mean, they were physical specimens, mm-hmm. Grimes being one of them, the redshirt freshman wide receiver. That dude was catching some balls. He was making plays. He was hustling in practice. I I haven't seen him on the field. And, you know, I don't have any kind of look behind, you know, that's one thing. It's like, you know, I'm I'm friends with Barrett Rue. I'm friends with some some of the coaches. You know, Bill Bush is a great guy. He coached me, and he's always talking to me. But I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know if he's just like, yeah, we we, he'd kill it, but we can't put him out there because he doesn't know the plays or – or he, he doesn't hustle in practice, but he's a gamer. But we, we can't have that mentality. You know, we can't put him on the field because he doesn't try and practice. I don't know any answers behind some of that stuff. I thought the practices that I witnessed were very hustle-filled. Is that a word? Just dash it? Yeah, yeah just any anytime you're in doubt, just put a hyphen between a the two idea. words and it, it you're going to get by. That's Someone's going to look at it and they're like, oh, I never knew it was like that. And it's probably, probably not. That for some but... work emails, you know. But, you know, I – I just didn't I, – I saw a lot what you want to see in practices and, and kind of a lot like we did under Kellen. Kellen was a great practice runner. You know, he had – he was too much of a pro mentality. Uh, but that was the type of stuff that I always appreciated because it was efficient. Um, you knew what your expectations were day in and day out. And these guys that I'm watching this practice, I'm seeing guys in practice that are looking good that haven't even gone into the game and done anything. So that was just a little bit cause of concern. But I – I don't have an answer for defensively who looks good. Do, do you? Right. No. I mean, you knew Nelson's going to be tough. Right. Yeah, I, I, but I don't sit there going, hey, man, I'm glad that kid's a sophomore because we're going to have him for a few more years. Right. Now, it, and that's just kind of the reality of, one, the, the bend don't break. I mean, it just feels like if you're playing this catch kind of defense, nobody really flashes that much. And, two, I mean – for as much as we've talked about the pass rush, it really hasn't been there. Now, I will say the two interceptions for Marquise Buford uh, came on nice plays. Uh, he's struggled probably more than he's flashed this year, but he's a guy that's young, that these reps are going to matter. Should he stick around or, you know, wherever he's going to play football? I mean, he's going to be a successful player, I think, because of what he's going through right now. Uh, but I I have been wanting with guys like O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner, I mean, Three veterans, three dudes that have played a lot of football. And, you know, Nelson has had some moments. He forced one of those interceptions yesterday. Uh, But it just – it hasn't been the same guy. And I just – I can't believe that not having Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman and Damian Daniels and those safeties just makes that big of a difference. But I I just don't know. I just don't get any sense there's real confidence uh, from that group that they're going to go get it done. And if if they're not individually confident – and that unit isn't confident overall, they're just going to get steamrolled. And it, it, in, you know, in the way that we've seen it, because you're, you're hitting it right on the head. Going into my senior year, we lost character. We lost, you know, Jay Moore. We lost Ola. We lost a lot of talent in the line, and it completely changed our defense. 
And we had, we had good players. We had Stein cooler. We had Zach Potter. They were both good. Barry Turner was supposed to be really good, but they were just different types of players that it just didn't work for what we've repped for the last four years. And it turned into us getting on our heels, just like Nebraska does now. And then when they're young and they're, and they're, they're trying, but they're, they're trying in the wrong direction. Does that make sense? No, it does. Step left instead. It's I like your step at hundred percent. You're just stepping the wrong way, you know? And you get on your heels, you know about it in life. People deal with life every single day and what they do day and doubt as a parent, as a friend, as going through their work process. So you get put on your heels a little bit. And then how do you respond to that in that in that situation? And like you said, Mathis, these guys should know how to respond. They should know how to turn to the guy next to him and go, hey, listen, this is what you got to do. We're going to be just fine. And you just don't see it. It feels like every man for themselves out there. Yeah. No, that's a, I mean, pirate's code is kind of how Yeah. it it feels like in these situations where I don't know what we're going to do as a team, but I got to go get mine. And um, what that does is it guys stop doing their job. They try to do everybody else's job. And then suddenly you don't have a cohesive defense. You got a collection of individuals and you're losing to Georgia Southern. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> Just in case anyone forgot, you back, know. In, back in 07, like peak Corey McHugh and hate level times. Um, you really know, I'm, I'm going out, I'm grading 95% on the sheet, I'm making tackles, I'm making plays, and it never did anything. It yeah. never did anything because if the guy next to you is grading 60%, it does not matter. And you know, you go out and you're, I wanted to, you know, say, hey, we support our coach, we support this team, we're gonna, we're gonna figure it out. And then you, you get on your heels and there's nothing to figure out. And the bend don't break mentality at that point goes out the window. It's just break. Yep. So I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised right now. Well, um, there's, there was four years of evidence going into this season that things hadn't gone well. And so even if you were the most hopeful Nebraska fan on the planet, which sometimes – <laughs> Um, you had to at least acknowledge that for this to work, they were going to have to go against four years of evidence. And they changed a lot over, but transition doesn't necessarily equal success if you don't have the basis to build it off of. And they just don't have a base. You know, you know? Shape, some things in life doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. And the fact that you get a Scott Frost from the success that he had in Florida coming over here for this to work out like it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I don't, you see it and you see it and you, and you look for, there's nothing that says that's in the past. It's just, that's in our future. And, and when you have that, and I think of every single Husker fan, I was one of the big ones that said, no, we are too impatient as a society. We're too impatient as a fan base give the guy seven years and you could be happy for 20. That seems like a good trade-off for me. Yeah. But now I'm sitting here going, oh, geez, 20 years. <laughs> you and I will be in walkers screaming at that guy on the sideline. But it just, a lot of it doesn't make sense in for a fan base like Nebraska, who's wonderful, they're intelligent, they're loyal. And for them to be feeling like they're on their heels, just like our football team, that's not right. And it just makes you want to turn the corner. It makes you feel helpless. I was telling people, I was like, man, I feel helpless. I don't know what else to do. Do I donate more money? Do I go try to strap up for another year? 
you know, I mean, I don't want to make things worse, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't have an answer to what I could do. Do I throw my resume at, at Trev Elbers and say, Hey, find me something to do. So I can help. I'll clean bathrooms. If I, can. I think that's the level of talent that I have. Right, to coach right. me, right? But I, I, I don't like feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I, and I do Nebraska as a whole deserves the best. Um, and even a Chicagoan coming over and experience it with never experiencing Nebraska football in my life and feeling that maybe after three months of being on campus, I feel like we we deserve success for all that we dedicate. And I want to see it. You know, I, I, I'm i fine with beating Georgia Southern by seven points to go play Oklahoma. But you got to beat them by seven points. Right. Right. Uh, so now I'm not going to sleep tonight because you got me all fired up. Well, we I'm friends first football game today. I'm oh, going to be man. screaming so loud. <laughs> hey, at least with your son playing, you won't have to think about the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got it. That's a big hurdle at noon. Um, yeah. I get to switch hats right after this. All right. I I don't want to add to your misery here, but I, I do think that one of the things that you can provide for, for fans, for people like me, is perspective. What are the players going through um, right now on a day like this? I mean, because one of the things that makes Nebraska great is you have that fan base. They're always interested. They always care. But because they care, you always hear from them. I mean, every player can say that they don't read press clippings and they don't pay attention to it. But when you live in a state and a city that's just a giant fishbowl for its football program, it's impossible to get away. It's impossible to, you know, you can't be on campus. You can't be downtown. Like there's, you have to find a way to separate yourself from it. And that's hard to do. And you can't do it 24 hours a day. What what are these players kind of going through as all of the discussions swirl about the future of the program, the future of their coaches, the future of the guys that they line up next to? I don't know, Shave. At, at the end of the day, what kind of man are you? What kind of person are you? You know, I, the thing I always dreaded and that Callahan was really big on is, he'd break down the film the next day as a team. And if you had bad plays, he'd grind you hard. And it hurt. It hurt. Those are your friends. Those are your teammates, your brothers. And to see, you know, call getting your mistakes called out in front of him, I never wanted that. And I think the thing that I always, after a tough loss or, you know, a game that we could have won, that we shouldn't have been in anyway, you know, playing those top teams and you feel good about the next day, I always wanted to be able to, to wake up, look in the mirror, and be ready to go again. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a quitter. At the end of the day, people are giving me their 100%, so I'm going to give them mine. Um, you know me. I'm as cocky and arrogant as they come out there. And that's a good thing in college athletics because I wanted I wanted to go make a play. I wanted to be the one that wins the game. And, you know, even if you're on a three-game losing streak, you just lose this Jordan – Georgia Southern to wake up, go break down the film, get better, lick your wounds, hug your parents, hug your friends, whoever you got, and then get back at it, man. Because right now, that's the kind of mentality you have. You're after losing to Georgia Southern in a football game. Maybe it's the mentality you have as a father down the road. You know, you have a bad day, something bad happens, you're ever turned around. It's important. It's important as a as a person. It's important in life, and it's certainly important to be better as a football team. This is where leadership comes in. Who's your leaders on the team? Who wants to step up? Who wants to be the guy that says, enough of this? What do we got to do to figure this out? And there's, we need guys like that. And I don't know if we have them. 
if we had them, maybe we'd be winning these single single point losses that ESPN just loves to remind us about. Yep. Maybe if we have that, that changes, but it's not changing. So look yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, decide what kind of person you're going to be. And if you, if you want to dedicate, you want to be there, that's going to pay dividends in your life all the way down the road. And I want to see that. I want to see that. What if we beat Oklahoma bad next week? I mean, Look, they were up seven to three against Kent State at halftime. Like we, college football, as you said, is turned on its head right now. Yeah, but we'd be more bipolar than a lot of my ex-girlfriends, you know? So I <laughs> I I want to see it. I want to see if we can turn around. I want to see if we could do it. Yeah. Was this therapeutic for you? I don't know. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm worried it went the other way. I got I'm, I'm gonna have to check on you in like a few hours and just yeah. see how you're doing. Knock twice, you know. Just, if I knock back, I'm okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, sports life ain't going that great right now. I'm hoping my son's team today turns it around. I have a little bit more faith in the world, but I got to get through the Bears game against the 49ers first, and that one's going to be a little tough too. Yeah, Come on, let's, Justin Fields. Let's end this on a high note. I'd like you to tell the story about your son meeting Eric Crouch. Oh man, um, it's my son. He's he's a mini me, but like more intelligent, which isn't hard. Uh, but he came to practice. I took him and my nephew to practice and they got a, they were, they were very blown away and very impressed. And they play on the same football team together and, and they had a great time. And Eric Crouch is there. Um, I've known Crouch a long time. Uh, so I was talking with him and Matt Davidson and I was explaining to my son as Eric Crouch walked, I go, you know, there's a trophy called the Heisman trophy and it is the most prestigious award in college football. And I'm like, Odin, if you could do that, you'd be the best player. And that guy has one. He's our quarterback. And he turns around and looks at me and looks at Crouch and goes, yeah, but I could throw it farther than him. <laughs> I go, well, there should be tough for you to get the champ, the trophy, brother. I don't know what to tell you. And that's how you knew he's your son. <laughs> that's how you know he's my son. And that's how I know that today's game is going to be a little less stressful than the one I watched last night. So, uh, man. Well, hey, appreciate uh, you taking the time joining us here on a Sunday morning, uh, walking through all of this. Uh, if you're up for it, perhaps we'll do it again here this season. Corey, Whatever you it. want, buddy. Your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, be sure to check out Husker247.com. we got plenty of coverage from last night's game, plenty of coverage looking ahead about what's next. Of course, there's recruiting going on. And Nebraska does play Oklahoma next Saturday. That game did not get canceled. I can confirm. They will be playing 11 a.m. Oklahoma is still coming up here. And Nebraska still has to field a team. So that's going to happen. We're going to cover it. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. Appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll be back with some more podcasts next week. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.